0: fifty KFUO Worldwide at KFUO.org. This is the Midday Moments program. I'm your host, Gary Duncan. And right now, it's time for our Moment of Faith with Pastor Doug Nicely of Jerusalem Lutheran Church in Collinsville, Illinois. Hi, Doug. Hi,
1: Gary. Good afternoon to you today. Good afternoon. What do you want to talk about? Well, you know, we've got Independence Day coming up this weekend. In fact, it's coming on a Sunday, right? Which, of course, is you know only happens once every once in a while. And so, I thought we'd do a really important, well-known patriotic hymn and tell you the hymn story behind it. It's called the Battle Hymn of the Republic. I suspect you've heard about it. Yes, I have at one time or another, and even sung it a few times.
0: Yes, but I don't well, know the backstory. So, you're going to share well, that with let's
1: us? Do the backstory. That's that's the job for today. Okay. okay. So here we got to go back to 1861. In 1861, Julia Ward Howe and her husband, Dr. S.G. Howe, visited Washington, D.C. as they were traveling from their home in Boston in the midst of the Civil War. Julia toured nearby Union Army Camp on the Potomac River in Virginia there she heard soldiers singing a tribute to john brown who had been hanged in 1859 for attempting to lead an insurrection of slaves at harper's ferry virginia that night after the house retired to their room at the uh, willard hotel the words to the hymn came to her now julia ward howe wrote these lyrics as i said during the civil war her purpose was to provide some wholesome lyrics uh, alternatives to the tune that she had heard that afternoon, and that tune is titled "John Brown's Body" lie a moldering in the grave. That sound like an inspiring n- song? inspiring
0: song? Yes. <laughs> no, not really.
1: <laughs> anyway, well, she accomplished that and more. When President Abraham Lincoln first heard the hymn, he asked to have it sung again. Isn't that interesting. Wow. So it was. It was famous almost immediately. Mrs. Howell was a leader in the women's rights movement and was a passionate foe of slavery. Uh, We know her lyrics well, but listen to her original words from the fourth verse. In the beauty of the lilies, Christ was born across the sea with the glory in his bosom. That transfigures you and me as he died to make men holy. Listen to this. Let us die to make men free while God is marching on. She wrote these words, submitted them to a friend at the Atlantic Monthly, and the magazine published it in February 1862, sending her a check for $5. (laughs) (laughs) That was it. So anyway, we know this hymn pretty well. I was going to sing the first two verses just to give you an idea. Understand that this is written during the middle of the Civil War, and as far as she is concerned, this is about the Civil War being fought for the purpose of freeing the slaves. And if you have that in mind when you hear these lyrics, the lyrics make a lot more sense. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. He is trampling out the vintage where the grapes of wrath are stored. He has loosed the fateful lightning of his terrible swift sword. His truth is marching on. And then the second verse. I have seen in the the watch fires of a hundred circling camps. They have builded him an altar in the evening dews and damps. I can read his righteous sentence in the dimly flaring lamps. His day is marching on. Well, actually the text is filled with allusions from the Bible. The expression, Grapes of Wrath, uh, is a quote from Revelation chapter 14. The sounding trumpet is probably from Revelation chapter 8. For the Christian, the message of this song is that God's truth is eternal, Um, although circumstances may appear overwhelmingly difficult. God will still accomplish his purposes, and his truth will endure. So the chorus goes, glory, glory, hallelujah, glory, glory, hallelujah, glory, glory, hallelujah, his truth is marching on. So you can hear the Civil War from the viewpoint of an abolitionist in these lyrics. Just to make some kind of contemporary application, it can be dangerous to identify political causes or even national patriotism with God's truth. Nations may rise and fall, but God's truth remains forever. His truth is marching on. And just to make some connections with the scripture, listen to what St. Paul is teaching us in this weekend's epistle reading from Second Corinthians. St. Paul writes, for the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And my point here is that this is the strength that made America strong and great. It is a gift from God to those of us who have never deserved it. It's all grace. And that's uh, intimate to the founding of this country and intimate to what Julia Ward Howe was saying in her lyrics. So this gives us an opportunity, Gary, to understand a little bit more about this this hymn that makes us feel so patriotic. But it's also important for us to know that the people who were behind this hymn, especially Mrs. Howe, were people who were absolutely convinced that they were working on the cause of God's righteousness.
0: Right. It's perfect for this Independence Day, and as you said, being on a Sunday, too. That's a perfect hymn to reflect on.
1: Yeah, I think, and it's just going to be a good opportunity. I try to sing this hymn on the Fourth of July every year. And I try to remind the people who hear the sermon that this is an abolitionist hymn. And if you see that as a part of America's history, then you begin to understand a little bit more how uh, this whole matter of racism and stuff like that has been ingrained into the history of this country. And this isn't just some sort of new discussion about uh, the problem of racism and the culture in which we live. Right. Let's have a little word of prayer. Okay. Lord, sometimes we need to see our faith as being politically incorrect even a hundred years ago. Teach us in response to speak the truth in love. And When we are weak, then we are strong in your hands. For we pray this in the name of Jesus, the Savior of the world. Amen.
0: Amen. What about next week?
1: Well, next week I got an interesting little thing. I thought, remember we'd, we went through the whole Lenten season talking about the spirituals, and I thought we had covered most of them. But I got another one that we didn't cover for oh, a minute. okay. And this is an interesting one. This is called My Lord, What a Morning. Remember that one? No, I don't. Well, my Lord, what a morning when the sun begins to shine. Um, Or, when the stars begin to shine. So, actually, we're looking at the connection between the hymn and the prophecies of the book of Revelation. Okay. Mm. And, you know, we have different ways of looking at how we interpret the book of Revelation. You know, there's something inside of us that says... If we're believers in Jesus, we die and go to heaven and everybody else goes to hell. That's uh, uh, not just the only thing that the book of Revelation talks about. It's more practical than that, and it's more today than that. And it's more tied to the resurrection of Jesus, which happened a long time ago and is meant to cause the new creation to be back again. But more about all of that next week.
0: Sounds like a good discussion. I look forward to it. Thanks so much for being on the program
1: today. And uh, happy Independence Day to all of our listeners. Same to you, Doug. All right, Gary. Thank you.
0: We are the messenger of good news. You can find us worldwide at KFUO.org. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. You can find our podcast available wherever you get your podcast. Just search out KFUO Radio.